You're listening to The Pedestal from Mike on Much, presented by Much Studios. This is The Pedestal. Thank you for downloading it. I am your host, Mike Veerman. I am from the Mike on Much podcast. We are also joined by Shane Cunningham, who Hello. is from the Mike on Much podcast. And we are here with writer, director, producer, Jonathan Popolis, award-winning writer, director, producer. I guess, yeah. Hello. Guess. It, it's a fact. Just <laughs> yeah. check out his LinkedIn, people. Um, I don't have LinkedIn. Today on the pedestal. <laughs> Do you really not? I signed up for it like years ago, but I didn't actually. So no, the answer is no. I do not have a LinkedIn. <laughs> I don't have LinkedIn. I don't either. I think we might be the only three people left in I this hope, industry. Uh, they don't become a sponsor on this uh, podcast. Maybe they'll become a sponsor. <laughs> oh, and we'll have to sign yeah, up. Interesting. All right. So anyway, this is the pedestal <laughs> brought to you by LinkedIn. And today we are talking about the 1999 film, The Blair Witch Project. Oh, we're doing a documentary yeah. about the Blair Witch. So to give you a bit of context, this movie came out, like I said, in 1999. Uh, the five highest grossing films of 1999. Phils or films? Phils. Phils. Yeah. I don't know who the five gro- highest grossing <laughs> Phils were, but Phil Donahue was probably oh, one no, of them. Yeah. Uh, from, we're going to start from the least, the fifth, fifth to the to first. first. You yeah. got it. So the fifth highest grossing film of 1999 was Tarzan. Ooh, Phil Collins. Oh, interesting. But yeah. not... Wait, the- Phil Collins was in that? <laughs> he did the... He did the- he looks great with his shirt music. on. <laughs> uh, he did do the Brandon music. Brandon Fraser, right? No. What? That's what I thought. I had to look the it Disney up. The Disney one. Yes. Oh, I was a fan of that one. Oh, right? okay. <laughs> John knows. Uh, coming in at number four, The Matrix. Oh, good classic. Big one. Love it. Coming yeah, in at number three, Toy Story 2. The, the weakest of the three Toy Stories. Wow, there you have it. Mm-hmm. Coming in at number two, The Sixth Sense. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Great film. Uh, and then number one, did not age well, is not uh, on the pedestal. Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Oh, boy. Uh, made the most money Ooh. in 1999, though. Man. I have not seen that. God. You're not oh, missing much. Well, Slurwich <laughs> had to have made the most money that year. I think it's... Nope. Made, I, not even close. But I mean... What, what do you mean? In terms of... For, for budget to gross, I think it did. Absolutely. No, no. So, sorry. So this is the top grossing... About, or the top oh, highest grossing yeah, films. I just said right. I bet Blair Witch made the most money. Like made the most. It's still like, the difference Profited between. the most. It's a good. See, a I don't know because here's you do. So, here, so for instance, if the if the Sixth Sense made four hundred million dollars, but it only cost a hundred million dollars to make, it still didn't make as. It still made more than the Blair Witch, which made two hundred and forty eight million dollars on a sixty thousand dollar budget. Which, right. by the way, but that, it still only made two hundred. That legend, the sixty thousand dollar budget. I still to this day believe that was kind of a publicist being like, yeah, I think they spent a little more. I mean, I don't think they spent really? <laughs> a lot of money. That doesn't probably no. include the marketing budget. Do I'll you say know, that. Uh, the Chris Rock joke about that? I do not. He's like, I'll do a little imitation. <laughs> oh my God, please, please do. <laughs> no, I want a perfect. He's like, Blair Witch Project. <laughs> wow. Boy. He's going for he's it. Like, Troublesome. He's like, should I not do it? Is that bad? Just do it. Go for it. Here I'm, now. Just, I'm obviously going to rag on you. <laughs> he's like, they said it cost $60,000. He's like, somebody's running around with $59,000. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's funny. That's sort of the opposite of you thinking it costs a lot more I, this, than sixty. I mean, the, anyways, it, it's, it's, it's just that oh, there was clearly a vision. It wasn't just random runarounds. There was clearly stuff that went into this movie. Interesting. But I don't I, think it's clearly, though. No. Like, maybe if you're talking to, like, diehard DPs or something. But I work yeah. in the industry, and I wasn't like, clearly a lot of money went into this. I don't... Okay, we're saying a lot of money. I'm just saying, like... I'm just saying, fuck you, Pops. Oh, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, going. I don't want to get mired in the budget. <laughs> you know, but we're it, on budget it, talk with Mike and... I think no matter what it costs, the fact that it made almost yeah, $250 sure. million dollars is considered a massive success. Yes, 100%. Uh, um, but no yeah. question. And one of the sort of, you know, like we know, looking back for context, uh, it is the first of sort of the f- the found footage films, which became a genre unto Is that itself. a fact? Like, is it actually like the birth of these well, films? Well, Cannibal Holocaust, from what I recall. Oh, that's my like, favorite film. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was I've the, never heard of that film. Well, it's known. <laughs> no. Well, it's this old, it's, it's known as that of like. Well, the, Did they the actually shoot idea. it on film? 
Yeah, it's the same idea. Have you the seen this movie? I haven't seen it. Okay, but it's the again. But but you are. It was a thing that was sort of had been used, but but more like a student film little thing. No one had ever made like a movie. Sure. Movie. Well, this changed the paradigm by which people could make feature films that would generate a, a huge amount of money. Whether you know, obviously, Paranormal Activity, uh, which came a little bit later, but mm-hmm. this is now a genre. Found Cloverfield. footage, Cloverfield, yeah. uh, which I actually really enjoyed. I love that movie. I think it's super underrated. Haven't watched it since the theater though. Do you know who the cameraman is in that tj miller that's right i'm asking i know you oh. know i found that I out it was a group ask i don't know in my uh in my uh research because we'll do a little bit of cross promoting uh on the mike on much podcast which is shane and i's other uh podcast venture Never we had tj tj miller on as a podcast and in the research i did realize he also claims that he sort of co-directed it because he improvised a lot of that stuff same he as this like well. this same i guess it's almost impossible to do a movie like this without it being mostly improvised, right? You can't script 100%. something like this. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's a great uh, place to really get right into. First of all, this came out in 1999. Uh, we all, I believe, saw it in the theater when it came out. I did. Yep. Okay, so let's actually start, and we'll do this going forward, uh, with what we thought then. And we'll start yeah. with you, Johnny. Uh, so I so I was, I was, must have been 16. Uh, I know I saw it. It was like, at, at the, I had seen, I watched it like when it was deep. Everyone had seen this movie. It was like a, fucking phenomenon and it was like i saw it like up near like northern ontario we were at like my cousin's cottage and so we went to this like shitty little movie theater it was like a basement room uh and we saw it in i saw it there and i thought it was one of the stupidest movies i had ever seen in my entire (laughs) life i i i just was like i couldn't believe it i was like this is like i couldn't believe that this was a famous movie i'm like this is the most boring nothing happens and I was just so, I mean, I was just so, I couldn't relate to any fucking thing. And and the idea, because the, the marketing was making it seem like this was a real thing. It really happened. And like I was like, you could tell within 30 seconds, like this is absolutely does not a real thing. This is a movie and a hacky one at best. Like that's how, that is how I felt. Hmm? Shaney boy? Oddly, just a weird point. Uh you chose this film uh-huh. to be put yes. on the pedestal because uh, he has a long-standing gripe. Clearly, <laughs> but it, yeah, it's the idea. It's time I, for it, this film to go okay, down. I, I haven't seen it since that. Right. Day. So I mean, I can't, obviously. I not, just think that's an interesting. I'm not going to trust my 16 year old self. And the idea is, it is still to this day a well known movie. And obviously, the the amount of it still is the highest growth between budget and and and, and like a, a, a movie of all time. It has like 93 percent on Rotten Tomatoes still like. Like, like it's, it's, it's so I'm like, well, maybe 87, 87. Sure. Yeah. It's still pretty high. Uh, damn um, straight. Definitely seems like you have a gripe, but I just thought it was an interesting <laughs> point. But it, but it's not, I don't know if it's a gripe as much as as well. I mean, if we're going to do this podcast and look like that is definitely one that deserves a, okay, well, perhaps I shouldn't just completely trust what 16 year old John and fucking little tiny cottage town movie theater thought like 20 years ago. Sure. So I was the same age. I was 16 and I, um, I remember thinking like like John, like, oh, this is kind of bullshit, this marketing campaign. It was it was pre-internet at that time, right? So there was it's considered the first movie ever marketed by the internet. Okay. But there was really uh it wasn't as the the internet wasn't as uh you know, there wasn't prevalent. Little, That's exactly. why it was effective, I think, because you couldn't go down all the rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. So, although I, to everyone, I wanted to seem cool with, I was like, "This is bullshit. I don't believe this." I did have a seed of doubt going in that, "Hey, imagine this was by some stretch of the imagination like a uh, real." And then I kind of noticed some some cracks in the the, mm-hmm. the acting. And then by the end, I was like, oh, this is definitely fake. Yet that last scene is fucking freaky as hell. And I was rattled for a long time afterwards. And I thought thought and thought and thought about this film. And I thought, wow, all that for nothing. Yet how fucking effective was it just to have the guy standing there against the wall? Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it. I, I... I was so brain trained for something massive to happen that the shock lied in the nothingness of it all. You know, not seeing like, anything. You know, they the studio made them shoot like there's four alt endings. Four alt endings that each one more gruesome and crazier than the last, mm-hmm. and they stuck with that one because they're for the very reason that you just said for the idea that it's so small. Uh, do you know what the other ones were? The, the, just that it they just were, said gory. 
Like, you know, maybe somebody, you'd see somebody's head ripped off. I don't know. Is the guy just standing there at the end? Yeah. When you hear earlier in the film, the woman tells the legend about how the witch would make, she would take two children down to the basement right. and she would make one stand in the corner and she would kill the other one. And ah. then she'd kill the other one. How did I miss that? So then when you see him in the corner, you know she's about to get it. Fuck. How did I miss that? Yeah, yeah. I, and I'm super tired right now because stupidly, I, I watched this in bed right before I was supposed to sleep. And I ended up staying up an extra hour and a half than I normally do. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like I was scared, but I, w- I, was, I was thinking weird stuff. I do like that rattled. Rattled more than scared. Mm-hmm. I'll get into like recent thoughts. But Interesting. Yeah. What about you, Mike? Well, you guys were both 16 when you saw it. Yeah, and yeah. I'm a little lo- younger than you, so I was nine when I saw it. <laughs> right. Um, I snuck. No, I'm, uh, I was 18. Those I'm bags under your eyes tell all the truth I need. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I saw this. I went with my friends opening weekend. We were like, we would go to films. We would go to Tuesday movies and we would always go to movies on weekends. Like me and my friends like loved going to films. That was what we would do. We had the Silver City Ancaster. We grew up in like the same area, Shaney. <laughs> and uh, we were excited about this because like we were into kind of the, the marketing of it and there was the seed of doubt and it was like going into it. I don't know if you guys had seen it after it become a phenomenon, but we, yeah, were, that's, yeah, it was- we were like into the sort of underground push like you know like we'd like heard about this movie we were into I it. went opening night yeah yeah so you were like the Gladwellian tipping point we went in with with these more than a seat of doubt well th- I would call it that because we were skeptical too we were like this is bullshit and because we were pretty savvy about like well it's got to be marketed it's and then bullshit, how does it come out underneath like but it might yeah and are there lawyers involved like are these people really well we'll see you know, you know all like that they stuff. hid the actors away and pretended sure. like, like they did they went like all out with the marketing well when you do the research after that's the thing you couldn't quite find any answers so it kind of yeah. lived in this kind of cool meta thing where the marketing was really effective at that time i felt like uh so we went in watched the movie i was uh, into it i was enthralled like i was i was entertained from what i recall but what i remember most kind of what shane said is like after the experience after it was said and done i'd never seen a film like that before and i did think like well am i watching it kind of is like docs i've seen it's kind of like a michael moore film like they're talking to regular like i was kind of like i i would say that i bought into it more than maybe you guys did and wasn't or at least was willing to to go there so by the end as it kept escalating and escalating when you see him in the corner and then the camera just goes off and we don't see anything i just remember this unsettling sort of like like disquiet in the theater and me and my buddies like maybe five of us got back in like the car and i remember just driving from silver city and ancaster back to hamilton which isn't a long drive it's like literally like you know a couple blocks but it just being like dead silent and all of us mm. having like i couldn't get warm like i was cold like mm-hmm. you know when you get like like i had almost a physical and mental reaction to the end of the film and i just remember it kind of like fucked us all up like in a good way what you want like it really the experience and all of us wanted to get back on the internet and be like what the fuck was that like did they really find the f-? and you know it's like well somebody edited it and what the hell and you and then you all debate it and that was kind of the genius of it but i unlike you johnny i felt i i it worked on us for sure that opening weekend as just something we'd never fucking seen before and yeah. i uh, they brought me along for the ride um I thought the characters were very uh, believable then. I, I bought in. So, and I remember, I also remember recommending it to everybody. And a lot of people kind of came away with how you felt. I would say that I did the opposite of saying anyone who yeah. wants to see this movie, I'm like, good God. Like, I'm not. I remember <laughs> even telling my mom. It's been who, years, like, and I still say, I will be like, like, oh God, that was. Really? Oh, yeah. It was maybe one of the worst theater going experiences I've ever had in my life. Wow. Well, like, when, when my. Uh, like I remember when it came on video, I was like, mom, you got to see this because she liked horror movies or whatever. And I just remember her being like, oh, okay. Like, and I also think the movie works better in a, like it works really well mm-hmm. in a theater, you know. Is and, this a yeah. horror film? Good oh, question. Yeah. It's a, it's a thriller. Yeah. Okay. Suspense. It's I a horror say. film. I would yeah. say horror. It's all the whole classic Psychological horror. thriller? I don't know if it's a horror film. What constitutes a horror film? Don't you have to see some like, some gore? Is it, is it just gore? I mean, there is. There was something I wrapped would, in that shit. I, I know. Mean, I, I, not, I, yeah. Not, not I, that I, a tooth? I don't know what. I think it was like. It was human teeth, parts. and they used and real finger? teeth. Like it went they to did? a dentist, and, and I will say, not to jump too far ahead, that if, <laughs> if it if it's about being scared, I, there was some genuinely scary part, not unsettling, but I mean like fucking scary. Uh, yeah, I agree. The, so, the, the jumps uh, and the the fear. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the difference between a horror and a, like a suspense and a thriller is more like you're kind of gripping a thing, and when, when you're but when it's when you're in a horror movie, you're scared. Like when I, like when you're, when it's like Freddy and he's in, in Nightmare on Elm Street, like when he's like, you're scared. Right. It doesn't necessarily have to mean you think he's, you have to see blood fountains coming up. Like it means 
a feeling that it's creating inside of you. Right. Okay. So after rewatching it, uh, and had anybody seen it in the gap between when we were teenagers? Never. No. Me either. Not I'd never once. revisited it. Maybe here, like 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, someone was kind of watching it, but I've never sat through it front to back. I All think the- this movie's kind of in like a weird, rarefied air where it's one of the most. It's one of the least rewatchable films, <laughs> but it still could be considered a classic. Yeah. Uh, so reasons to keep this on the pedestal. What did we like? We'll start with. Uh, I thought it was super realistic in the way that the people were acting to open the film. Hey, it's Mr. Punctuality. Hey. How, how are you this morning? Like, I completely it, agree. It felt the way people talk, and I was just at that age where I was fucking around with my own uh, shopping network high eight camera. Mm-hmm. And that when I edited all my footage together, that's the way it looked and sounded and felt and the way I joked and the way I interacted with my friends. And all that felt very real where, you know, I didn't know a lot about improv and film and, and anything, but I was like, oh, those are that's real dialogue. They're making this shit up on the spot or this may be real. This definitely isn't a script. So I thought... On that level, it worked. To me, and this is the biggest reason why I wanted to do this one, is that I will always love and respect anyone that takes like a massive swing at something. So when you, tr- if you're going to try something, and not, and not just trying something different, like with this movie, but they like really tried something different. Like they put actors out with actual, just gave them cameras and they left them in the woods and they gave them like little GPS things. And like, they were like, there was no crew with them. Like it was, it, so when you say it felt real, it's because for a lot of it, like it was real. And there are, there were huge swaths of this movie that felt like real like when like when it's at night and they're in the tent and all the things are hitting the tent on the side and they're like what's going on what is that go fucking go no other movie could do something like that because you feel like it could cut over here it could cut over, but you know it can't you know that this is it genuinely feels like it's really happening to them so that to me like when it's in it when it's in, when it's in the pocket of what it's trying to do it just it's fucking brilliant yeah it, it did a good job I thought of give like giving you absolutely nothing yeah and r- real life is very boring and we have these brief pockets in life that are very exciting or thrilling. And this felt like, oh, they're not trying to Hollywood this up, which just totally added to the realness. And like you're saying, when they're in the tent, you feel like you're in the tent. Totally. And that was something I wasn't used to and really... uh, Like, when when it hits, it hits, this film. Yeah, that's when it hits, it, like, hits you. It's like a... Like, where you're not even expecting it, and then it, like, hits you in the stomach. And I really felt that. Like, I was actually shocked by it. Yeah. I think, um, for me, rewatching it, I didn't know what to expect. I thought I was actually going to find it more hokey and laughable now, um, for some reason. But what I found watching it is I thought that, like, the character work, like, these actors was... It rang super true. I don't know if it was because All I was three reflecting. Of them? Yeah, because as a teenager, disagree. That's <laughs> okay. As Save a, it. Uh, yeah, as a, <laughs> as a teenager, like the way that they spoke, and like obviously there's like a movie affectation, and like as uh, the the Mikey character starts to kind of descend, he's kind of the malcontent. It's like that's fine, but for me, when they're kind of getting ready to go, and he's the sound guy, and you have the DP, and they're kind of in the hotel room, uh-huh. and her domineering personality, like, she's just obnoxious enough. To, to, to read real to me. Like, mm-hmm, right. I'm like, I knew girls like her. I knew guys like those two guys. I was a guy like, you know, those two guys. Like, there was Which a, guy were you more like? It's a good question. I could be laid back like the Josh character, the DP dude, like the camera guy, but I could also be like an asshole, like the Mikey guy. See, I think you're like more like Mike. Yeah. Well, he, he changed. He actually, he was- His arc. He yeah. was crazy. He, and then he was the voice of reason. And then, <laughs> and then when things got too bad, he wanted to lighten it up. You yeah. know, where's the, the, you're saying I'm uneven. No, I'm saying, uh, you know, you could be stern when you need to be, but you can also be like, Hey guys, let's have some fun. You yeah. Know? I have writ- it written right here. Mikey is the best character by far. Totally. I thought Mikey was like that. Like he is the heart and soul of that movie. Like, seeing this guy's like, oh, this is a silly, stupid thing that we're doing. And then seeing him go further than the map and the thing and go like all the way down that rabbit hole. But like, 
apathetic 90s dudes like Josh, I totally get. And and again, like, I don't know if you felt like um, the Heather character didn't ring true, but to me, I was like, I thought she nailed it. And I we have this conversation a lot, Shane, about like, just because somebody's unlikable doesn't mean they're not real. And mm-hmm. I felt like she nailed her character and here's why. So it's like, I'm sure that that actress is like a theater kid in real life and she laid it on thick, but they're also film students. So they're, uh-huh. they're of that world, they're characters. So her self-importance in her project and all that, mm-hmm. and like the way she sort of tried to rein the, run the crew and all that, I don't know. To me, I, I thought the performances wouldn't hold up uh, or I'd find them funny. Mm-hmm. I actually found them very, very good. And I found- Yeah, she's great. I, I thought, and I, I think Pops, I can tell right now, he's getting- conf- I'm, I'm wondering when I can jump <laughs> he's in starting and say, to spin. Uh, well, hard disagree well, on this well, other character. Well, before, <laughs> I was just going to say, like, we'll get to what we didn't like, but uh-huh. I can tell- you don't like Heather. And I must say, I find that Heather character to be supremely annoying. But she rings totally true because I've known people like I have, her. Not to, I have a problem with characters that are meant to be annoying and obnoxious. And even though they're, tr- they're ringing true, it's like I'm still going to be annoyed by and still be like, oh, my God, this is if she screams one more time, I'm going to... I can't take it. Like, <laughs> like it, it did feel like it, regardless of ringing true, it was just not a very... Interesting well, character. Anyway, that's if a good. my goal, it, it, or if the filmmaker's goal is for me to feel like this is real, yeah, she definitely contributed to it feeling uh-huh. real, and I definitely wanted her to die. When she, <laughs> and again, I don't want to like put blanket good, but like when again, when she was, when they're lost, and she's like more like catatonic, like that, she like was amazing. Mm-hmm. When she did that, the iconic. The camera like, looking up yeah, at her yeah. and the mucus and all the all that sort of stuff. Like it was that was. Super compelling and fantastic. I'm so sorry. I'm scared to close my eyes. I'm scared to open them. I'm gonna die out of here. That hit in in lots of places for me. She did. I think like that kind of like acting. I, I agree. She did. But to me, like the stuff in the hotel room where she's doing the shot, and she's like, I don't like scotch. It's like that stuff's like, I I know her. Like yeah. I hung, I went to high school with her. So in, in things that worked, I really liked uh, all th- all of them, all three of them. And I loved uh, all of these, these random town folks, you know, that, mm-hmm. oh, uh, yeah. that the like old guy across the board. I thought the acting was the two fishermen. Like there was a real sort of realness. And oh, the scene where the, the woman is holding the baby. Baby, yeah, man. Baby starts with, sh- like, wasn't like, they must have just. That was such a perfect moment. It was she, so she, goes, good. she goes, I'm just telling a story, but it's not true. And she looks like, she goes, it is. Or yeah. it's true, yeah. And the baby covers her mouth, like, don't tell this story. If I'm like the driver. Those yeah, are moments, that's man. That's one of the, like, fist pump moments. Like, there's no way they planned that, right? That was, yeah. No. That whole thing. So I was just impressed well. at how much was working and how much I bought the doc format. Again, I because we're so oversaturated mm-hmm. and, you know, and here's a question, actually. I was wondering because we watch so much stuff like making a murderer mm-hmm. or, you know, all of these doc style things, does this movie almost play better, more real retroactively because we're, yeah. we're in a doc world now? Yes. The gimmick, I think the gimmick works better now. Almost like, like flawlessly. Yeah. I, I think that the, it nailed the gimmick exactly right. Yeah. The idea of this false documentary, exactly, you're exactly right. I've, I've now watched, I've watched more documentaries in the last two years than in the last 20, right? Like there's like you, I'm geared towards that kind of cutting style, that kind of thing. And so I, and it felt bang on. Like they, it did feel like this was happening Yeah. in many places. All right. What do we think was the best scene? We'll start with uh, Shaney boy. Well, the, the end scene is, is, is the film with no end scene. This isn't a good Josh, film. Josh, is that you down there? That end scene is is terrifying. Like the the last four seconds of the movie are worth the price of admission, and that's what gets you rattled. So I'd be very interested if you guys had another scene to make me think. But come John, on, the guy well, standing there. To to me, it re- legitimately was the them in the tent, and what's that noise? What's that noise? And they're hearing. Like, Did you guys Sk-. listen with headphones? You could hear children. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I was listening with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had it yes. cranked. I yeah, hear. the so, children yeah, made it. Starting to hear I'd the, forgotten about that part. Starting to hear little kids. Yeah, like what is that? And and that's when she was killing. She's like, what is that? Like it was such a re- like another reason why I think as a sixteen year old it didn't work for me as well as it worked now. As sixteen year old me, like the idea of being in the woods wasn't even anything. Like I've now gone camping like a bunch of times. So the idea of being like lost in the woods was just like like in another. You might as well have done a movie about. I don't know, being 
trapped on an airplane or something. Like it Interesting. Just, it was it was so nothing. It was so beyond what I was. In, in the, so now when it's the middle of the night and you know how dark it gets, where it's like so dark you can't see your hand in front of your own face, and and then the and so when all the little hands are hitting the tent and they're like, what is that? What is that? And they have to unzip and the, and you're running out and even though you want to run away, but you're running into like a vacuum of darkness and you just know what that feels. And then it just like cuts to the morning where it's just like, and you're just like, and they're like, we haven't slept and everyone's okay, but it's like, but it's not okay because we're still in the woods and nothing's okay. Like, like this, this is a continuing horrible situation to me, that right there, that to me was the whole movie. But you think that scene is better than the end scene? Would you like me to talk about the end scene right now? Because I disagree with you on that end scene as well. Yeah. We'll get to that when we yeah. get to the things that yeah. don't work. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I actually, I agree with Johnny Pops. I uh, I think the tent scene is the most uh, effective. Yeah. Um, and to some of the points you guys said, like the claustrophobia, like the idea of the camera turning on in there, the quiet before the storm, like what's that noise? What's that noise? Hearing the children's laughter. And then see, like, what's that noise? Like, that's what I would say, right? It feels like it's so It right, was a really exactly well right. built scene. Um, and it's the, it's so, so, you know, it's interesting that Shane says that. So I think the end scene is, it's like a 1A and a 1B. And the only reason I say this, because now- like if you had asked me back in 1999, I would have 100 percent the ending. The ending mm-hmm. fucking rocked me, right? Like I, it, that's the thing that sends you away. It's all you're thinking about the the just you know settling shot of him in the corner. Now, obviously, I know the end is coming, and now I'm kind of seeing the mechanics of it. I I I know narratively. Uh, I found the tense scene, which maybe I'd kind of forgotten through the years, was more. Oh, I didn't that remember was, that at all. That oh, yeah. that made me kind of uh, uh, what's the word. You know, the, the hair stand up on the back of your neck. Yeah. I got like that scared feeling watching. Yeah. I was like, oh, that was effective. Well, the sound design when they're at the end scene is pretty scary too. Yeah. Sound, that might yeah. be the, the most like under, the sound design of this movie was fantastic. It's doing a lot of it heavy lifting. a lot of the heavy lifting. How much of it is black nothingness where the sound is what's creating and it's making mm-hmm. like whatever they could have shown you, you're, it's worse in your head. Yeah. Like, whatever's hitting that thing. Like what could possibly like, like little kids hands, but there's no one really out there. Like it's just so. Well, that's is, the magic trick of the movie, yeah. right? It's what you don't see, but yes. what, what you, if you, all you can do is hear it. We're cause really we're having the same experience as the three people on camera yeah. throughout the whole film. Mm-hmm. Um, while we're still here and talking about things to keep it or reasons to keep it on the pedestal. What was the best performance pedestal, for everybody? Pedestal. pedestal. I'll get it guys. We're only in what episode three. <laughs> I'll have it by 10 or next season. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Reasons to keep it on the pedestal. Uh, mm-hmm. Best performance. Uh, we'll start with you, Johnny. I'm Mikey. I mean, you I said it before. That. I'll say it again. Mikey was like, he, it was the exactly right. For, and you said it before where it does feel like it starts with the guy. It's like, I'm the sound guy. It's whatever. And then you get like the idea of uh, the map thing turned out to be him. Kick that fucking map into the creek. Yes. <laughs> It was useless. I kicked that fucker into the creek. <laughs> I'm not totally convinced it wasn't. He might have just been like saying just, that. Might be a lot, but even if it yeah. was, just the idea, like, like going that kind of crazy. Totally. And then, so he's a dick, and then all of a sudden, all their dickishness kind of has to fade because now it's been days and we haven't really eaten and we're trapped and we don't and and we're, are we trapped in some weird? How is it, how can you go south for for eighteen hours and end up in the same place? And you start seeing his he. He was everything to me. The uh, the story, his story was the story of the movie to me. I think I thought he was fantastic. He was both the good guy and the bad guy, kind of at the same time. Which is he's I've also never, the new guy. And the, yeah, he's the guy that they, he's like. What are we doing? Josh's what did friend, I sign right? on to? Like Josh's exactly. buddy, the sound guy that he that he brought out. Shanny boy, I'm going for Josh. Josh jo- is good. Josh he's, to me was the only one in the movie who I didn't say bullshit. Like at some point, his character felt. Like he he didn't have any acting flaws, whereas some people when they got upset, I was like, yeah, that doesn't seem like how people get upset. I'm with you. So Josh all around was the best. He was kind of unfaltering. He's also the actor that kept working. Yeah, he's like the he literally kept working to an extent. She uh, did, but she yeah, exactly. But he was just in a Chloe Grace Moretz movie playing the dad. Am yeah. I right that she wrote a book which that I didn't was know like until after Blair Witch, where she like grows weed now? I yeah, I saw yeah. that. She, she got into the weed game. Yeah. 
Um, what's is Mikey's not still acting? No, it seems like he kind of just that was that. I don't one. even think he was. He was he's not even an actor. He just kind of shows up. Kind of that's, that's what made he's him still in the real. corner of that house in the basement, <laughs> uh, yelling about so, the map. What, what about you, Mike? Can yeah. the map be the best character? Is that possible? <laughs> the map. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, upon the second watch, I, w- I was impressed with the work that the Heather character did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do lean toward you thinking Josh was the most realistic, but she obviously had the most heavy lifting. Am I alone on Mikey Island yeah. here? All right, that's fine. Well, I, I'm on record <laughs> well, as saying well, I thought all, all three all were great. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think that all three were great. That's what I said. Uh, I was really impressed, whereas I thought I'd be like, rolling my eyes more. So maybe it's a low expectation thing, mm-hmm. but I, I'm going to go with her just because she had the most heavy lifting. But I agree her crack showed Mikey's crack showed when he kind of had to do a bit of, you know, yeah. but that happens when you, when you got to go big, like, the, you know, it, when, it can't happen when the goal is realism. let's make this like if, if you for one second aren't showing like are, are showing behind the curtain, the whole illusions ruined. True. In this movie. But Josh in the other two's defense, Josh never had like a scene where he had to speak into the camera or doing his big apology like Heather. Uh, and he also never had to go crazy like Mikey. You know, he kind he of- kind of went crazy when he was like crying and looking for smokes and Mikey's yeah. like, yo, Josh is losing it. I will say too, and when Josh got angry, yes, it that really was, rang that true. Because he, he was kind of the even one. Don't don't make me- And, yeah. he, and she, keeps, no. like, she keeps trying to be like, did you take the map? And he's like, and he like gives her the finger and walks away. It was good. There were yeah. glimpses of brilliance. You know what? If everyone was Josh Uh-oh. in the movie, have you been convinced? I I, are you in, yeah. Are you jumping over to Josh Island? Big points for Heather because I, I, obviously more than Pops is willing to give her. But uh, I'm coming over with Shane. I do think he had the most consistent and best performance. Yes, it's Fuck true. You guys. It's no. true. <laughs> Just because there were times where she did, you know, me and Mike, she lost it a bit. Kick the map into the river together. And you know, this kind of, kind of comes down to acting in this in, in general. It's like, what's the level of difficulty? Is it harder to be subtle? That's why I thought she was so good in those scenes in the hotel. Mm-hmm. Or is it? I will be honest. You guys are convincing me about this, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know what? Why not? You know what? Josh Island, I'm yeah. over. I'm done. Right. Josh, I love it. Josh is incredible. All right. I love <laughs> someone that's willing to change their. Opinion. I Josh, yeah. I'm that that scene because that if we're gonna judge if if we're gonna put like a reel of like their best scenes, the scene of Josh getting trying to hold back his anger instead of like what it could have been right flips around mm-hmm. and flip, you did this to us but the restraint like that's hard that's a really hard thing that your degree of difficulty maybe yeah. you're right but i do i do agree with you that mikey's more interesting character yeah but if we're talking but, about but, believability but, but yeah, it's Josh, like yeah, yeah. that guy know yeah and i want right. to know him too i'm into uh, it okay fellas did you have something to say shane no i was just going to say the most fun part of these is always what we didn't like and that's what I we're fight. getting to, my yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So reasons to knock it off the pedestal. Uh, let's start with what has aged badly. We'll start with you. Uh, John. I feel like there are, th- this, there's a certain style of movie in the late 90s that really ages terribly. And it's, so there's some still good movies and some bad movies, but the idea of the, there's this like ennui in the nineties is like the pre nine 11 era. And we're 10 years past the Berlin wall and everything's Everything's great. And all the bad stuff is out in the woods in the middle of nowhere. And that's sort of where this is. And the matrix does that. I have a whole like the matrix and, and Pleasantville and Truman show and American psycho and looking for a dream and fight club and, and American beauty and all these things about how like, the bad stuff is repressed over here, and it feels like that, like the idea of of that style of movie, just feels so tired and old to me. When you say style, what do you mean? Are you talking that about like narrative? Like the the uh, that the emotional feeling of that that the bad stuff, like the, the uh, like you have like the bad stuff is. You have to almost trudge through the woods for for a week to find a, a bad thing. That's such. That feels like such a 1999 thing that would like hit people then. That like now. Oh, you're talking odd. about like the the seedy underbelly of Americana. Yeah. Oh, and okay. it's there, but we don't see it. And every time that like late 90s like kind of like like motif like comes up, it just screams like 1999 to me. Like they all, it's like the, it's like everyone hit it at the same point. I think that I think that kind of conflict just is in every movie. Like it was such a late 90s thing. It's like a thing from like a late 90s movie. Right. That still to me, it feel like it shows its age immediately. I'm not saying it's necessarily bad, but if I'm gonna say a thing, okay. So how does that connect to the Blair Witch Project? The idea that instead of like a 70s slasher movie where it's, a, it's like Halloween or it's Michael Myers, like he's coming into your neighborhood and stabbing you in your house. We have to go all the way out here in the middle of nowhere to find, you know what I Weren't mean? Weren't they in the cabins in Halloween? No, Halloween. Halloween. There's Not no- Halloween. Sorry, I'm thinking of uh, Jason. 
Yeah, but I mean, that's like summer camp. Like that's like in, in the, in the, it's coming like a, the place where you think you're the safest is where the, all the bad stuff happens. Like that's such, right. that's such a those style of movies. What that was, you, you basically putting down the plot of the film. It was, they were doing a documentary and going in the woods yeah. and the stuff they were showing. I don't know if I'm putting it down. I'm just saying, if you're asking what shows its age, I'm saying that, that mm-hmm. is I could t- understand though, if this wasn't a found footage film, but when anyone picked up a hand, a handy cam, back mm-hmm. when you got it, you only showed the good times, right? right? Like, so it wasn't like our lives are perfect. It's like when you're filming something, you kind of want to be yeah, funny. I just, with I just it. more meant the bad stuff is, is, is right. So, but to me, I think like what you're referring to, like when it's like, oh, honey, isn't life great? Well, it couldn't be better than this. And then they get in a horrible car accident. And but when you, but, but the idea right. is that the, that in actuality, life isn't that good. That's the idea. He's like, saying right. that like, my wife, I don't think a, I'm smart enough to understand. My this. wife put it. <laughs> so I'm, actually, I, I'm missing this because I am missing it, but this is good. I, I'm missing it because it's like, I get what you're saying. We're saying like there's certain movies like American beauty where it's like uh, this suburban perfect thing on the surface, but underneath we're all damaged is what he's yeah. it, it, So that was kind of the, the, the angle of a lot of these I movies like, in the nineties. My 90s. wife said ge- like the ni- late nineties movies were all about general national ennui. This sort of like, oh, there's like, everything seems good, but is it good? Like, it's, so if anyway. I'm getting this right, you're, but are we in? The, <laughs> I don't want to get too into this. No, right it's at interesting. All. But are we in that era again? Like movies like I think we're in the era and, of like the per the idea of the bad stuff is so fucking obvious that we are like well, it's too much bad stuff. Oh, I think we still are exploring like consumerism and being blinded well, by technology, those, right. and that underneath it all, we're not happy. The Instagram era, the idea of like putting up a, a happy face, but underneath, what are we all really? Yeah, but I, I mean, that's like a, so, is, but that's more. But that's, I'm saying that in in pop culture in 15 years when we see movies like about social that's the the, the face we put in social media like i feel like that's going to be like that's the most like nine like 2012 kind of movie that you could possibly make. right so you're saying there was this influx of films like that where it's yeah. like this is my public face but underneath we're like, all fucking you can, damaged you can almost use the matrix as like the perfect example sure of, the ma- of here is life and you're all blah, 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 but there's something not right it's because this is all you're actually living in a computer simulation to to be docile and happy <laughs> and then 9 11 happened and people realized there's a yeah. real threat in the world you so you can't just be caught up and in your own sort of existential yeah, crises. so it just kind of went away for a decade. I guess now they're kind of creeping back. Interesting. I don't know. Again, I don't know how Blair Witch connects to all this. I get the bigger thing of what you're yeah. saying. It's an interesting thought. But to me, Blair Witch is like uh, kids go to do something, something goes bad. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you know? I do. I just, yeah. to me, it, uh, maybe I was going into it with the mindset. I know I'm watching a movie from 1990. Like, sure. I, I can't not think about that. Like, yeah. I almost have that ready in my head. This is kind of going to be a motif in this movie. Yep. I just feel like you and your wife have way more intellectual conversations. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, that sucked butts. And my wife's like, you could say that again. And you're like, my wife said the ingenue was a little off on the 1938 Pierre Delafantresca. <laughs> I love <laughs> Pierre Delafantresca. But your wife has a PhD and you're a Mensa member, right? Uh-huh. That's so, both correct So those are both statements. true things. I'm not even... Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people listening maybe Mensa. can understand what the fuck you were just talking about, but <laughs> sure. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for for me, one of the things that <laughs> didn't really hold up is nowadays we're very, uh, you know, we kind of think of every angle mm-hmm. when we watch something. And I don't think the Blair Witch producers probably, or directors, they're probably like, they're not going to really nitpick certain parts of this film. But when I'm really watching this 20 years removed, I'm like, okay, so let me get this straight. These people died. In this, presumably they're all dead or still missing. Mm-hmm. They, missing they, for sure. They have families, yeah. right? That are, you know, gonna gonna be watching this film probably. Are you really gonna keep the scene where they're farting in the tents? Like you might keep the good times when they're drinking right. Right. And, and the scary moments, but you're not gonna have them talking about the farts and all that. Like it just seems disrespectful to the dead and missing. It seems more like the part where they die is more respectful, disrespectful to the to the dead and living. You you think I think that's necessary to show like yo, look how freaky this is. This is what is. happened. Like this is the like we're going to be Do you feel did you feel the credits were weird and that like gave up the gag like because you see production designer, cinematographer, da da da. da. It's like the credits like almost um, like almost like you'd think a, mo- a movie like identical movie made today. I would wonder just put 
like no credits at all. They might not be the same credits as then. They're long credits with like a like. No, no, no. I mean, what we saw in the theater, we might not be seeing that now on the reissue. And I think there was some weird ass credits. Now I do think so too. I can't remember, but my memory was the guy in the corner, and it goes to black, and the lights come on. That is something like that. That is my yeah. memory. So okay. So maybe or maybe there's just, a couple production credits, or maybe just the lights came up. Maybe but it's if, now because I saw it on DVD. So maybe. Oh, same. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it's like, and if they went to that much trouble to like sequester the actors and stuff, I'm sure they weren't going to let their credits give it away. Well, like, that's a agree. If, if they indeed did do that, that's a, that's that a good would, point. That would be though. awesome. Yeah, totally. And I also, like, if in that world, I had the same thought about kind of like the DVD opening it wasn't uh-huh. like cryptic or college right. at all it was like scenes from the film like yeah. done in kind of a fun <laughs> yeah, way exactly <laughs> you are going watching it on watching it on dvd you're obviously going into it in a much different mindset than when you're like 16 and this is possibly real like i'm i am now treating this like a movie and there are yeah exactly like blair Witch kind of cut the bullshit after the first like five years were yeah up. exactly and the sequel and all that. i remember Absolutely. seeing like it was some like mtv movie awards and they had the actors finally going out and doing press and stuff and they were the most like wooden like uh, if you're one of the three people who haven't uh, been to the theater this year we're in the Blair Witch Project it was like so like well they were unknowns right they yeah. answered a casting call 2,000 people showed up and these yeah. three people's kind of th- these three people their life just sort asked of changed. to improvise or, like there was something yeah. like pretend that you were accused of a, of a crime you didn't commit and no yeah they asked, they asked the like Heather that? character the director said that the question they asked her was uh, you've been in jail for nine that's years yeah. why should we let you out on parole and then you're supposed to improvise that's the audition yeah okay Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think she just and screamed at them and said, ah, and then gave her the part. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a great cry. Yeah. Um, what didn't hold up for you, Mike? Yeah, you know, it's, I went in thinking, it's interesting because you have to watch it with the context of the time, but like, I always have those same things you have, like who edited this together? Uh, and then this is another one that I, I thought was interesting was, I always have this feeling about found footage movies is it's like in times of like insane crises or like personal danger, who the fuck keeps filming? Like that's always, always the crux that. of my always. my my issue. Where I immediately am like, man, this is like a leap too far. But whatever. And this is why I don't like found footage movies. Like I don't watch. Like I'm not a paranormal activity guy. I'm not gonna watch. You're just not gonna find me doing it. Although I did enjoy Cloverfield. I think people do it all the time though. Well, I think they do it now because we're in like a. Fi- I think people would be like, holy shit, I gotta. Like they, I think they, they would risk, to make it, risk like, life and limb. She's the director at heart, and she's the director of the movie. And I'm like, what? Because in the back of her head, what if we get out? I think she truly thought she was going to get out. This That's is the workaround. I, I put. I, I think would. That is the workaround. So this actually comes so, around to a compliment to the film, where there's a couple things. One, I think that. She would. I do not think Mikey and Josh would. I think they'd, uh-huh. they'd given up by and about... And they're like, put the fucking camera Once, down. No, Mikey gr- came around. He started filming stuff. No, I know, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, for me, that didn't ring to... I think if, at that point, if I'm like, we need to get the fuck out, I'm ditching the heavy stuff, and I'm just mm-hmm. walking south, which was their big plan, and I'm just like... like, I'm not necessarily... I mean, I think I'd be scared of, obviously, the, mm-hmm. the paranormal issues, mm-hmm. but mostly, I'd be terrified I was going to be stuck in the woods forever. So I'd be like, we need what? to pick a direction and just keep it moving. I think Heather was secretly thrilled when shit hit the fan i think that uh, i do I, thrilled I, and hopeful like, i'm gonna keep filming because the moment mm-hmm. i stop filming is when i've given up and decided we are probably gonna die if yeah. i keep filming that means we're gonna survive so that and, i got that and it's like um what josh was saying um when he looked through the camera he's like oh mm-hmm. i see why you look through this because it does feel like you're not even here yeah and that was a, a little thing they planted for people who might think question like it and if you if you remember another thing that kind of I was thinking about while watching when they went to like go home and say, okay, I got to get to work and like really pack the shit up. The documentary fucking sucked at that point. <laughs> Imagine it just ended there. Like all you got is trees and nothing. Yeah. And what, a, a nap it's like and most student stuff. films. Exactly. But so she's like, wow, a real thing is happening. Yeah. Once I'm real, like I totally well, I mean, understood. The tell is filmed. clearly in the scene where there's all the thing, the things hanging and she won't oh, stop filming. Stop taping. Please stop taping. Okay. Okay, 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 we're leaving right now. Yeah, you're right. Totally. So so for a thing that I would have, that normally is a flaw for me in mm-hmm. these found footage movies, I thought this movie, like as the first one is the sort of prototype for what right. we know now as found footage movies, I thought a couple of things. I believe that she would keep filming in a lot of situations. I guess even at the end, her and Mikey are both trying to find Josh with the cameras. Maybe it's because there's lights on the cameras, but at that point, it's like, this guy might be injured in the house, mm-hmm. and are you still committed to the doc? Whatever. Spidey senses tingle a little bit there, but mostly I was impressed with the progression and the motivations. Like my big issues with a lot of movies are like, they wouldn't do that or that's stupid. Like when people go like, I hear a noise. It's like, don't go in there. That whole thing. Mm -hmm. 
everything that they did, every motivation that they had, all the progression along the way, obviously, you know, assuming that there's a paranormal element, like they get uh-huh. lost, blah, blah, blah. I believed why they, like sequentially, I believed everything along the way. Yeah, I believe that they were, yes. Like they didn't do anything stupid where I went, no person would do that. And even the map you thing, know what I mean? if he did, I believe, like if, even if Mikey did do that, I do believe that like he could, because he's like, you guys can't read a fucking map. Like what, like what, like, and you just kind of get stir crazy. And I'd it. kill somebody if they did that. Man. Oh yeah. hundred percent. That that was a part, speaking, if we're talking about the map part, that's what, where I really broke believing that this was real, like trying to pretend it was real. Unless he was crazy because the Blair Witch had changed his mind or something. Sure, but I did Like the ambiance of the woods. There were a lot of movie, movie things. Well, this was a question for you guys. Do you think Mikey was suffering a bit of Jack Torrance from The Shining? Like, Oh, that never occurred. Maybe. Like that's why he got rid of the map and he's like, why is he laughing? Like to me, he was acting like he thought- But that feels like us trying to- make an excuse for an incon- something inconsistent. Like, I mean, it, or, or like, sorry, I interrupted you. But. Well, I just thought as an actor, he's like, I'm Heath Ledger right now or whatever. Like, and he was acting like the Joker and it was, I was embarrassed for Mikey at that point. There were some, there were some, <laughs> there were, there were absolutely some parts of this movie that were like so groany that I was mm-hmm. like, uh, like uh, the, the two that, killed me the most where I actually like was like can't like so when they look around and they go it looks like an Indian burial ground man and it was like oh come on like you just looked and just randomly like yeah that's an Indian burial ground it just was so like come on what and then like later on like when like the the map thing or, or the the people banging on the thing the explanation was I think someone's trying to fuck with your head like that's your actual explanation that someone's trying to fuck with I think your- it's plausible I just see it, but but even they were in town going around. Plaza. I'm just saying that it did. It like I mean, you can make anything feel real if you act, but they just they just. I think they they didn't believe it, it, but they tell themselves that so they don't have a panic attack. But it didn't feel. It felt like. It felt like in the 35 page outline sure. that they gave these things, these are the specific. Make sure that you say it looks like an Indian Bilgram. Make sure you say someone's fucking with your head. And it did, the, the times when they were doing the thing that I think the directors and the guys wanted them to do are the parts that rang the most false. And the time when they were just clearly just kind of do whatever were the ones that rang the most true. But what's the alternative for them to believe that there's actually a witch fucking with them and that it's like know. in a movie world, yeah, you might do that. But in real life, your first thing is going to be like people are fucking with you. You're yeah, not going to think a witch is out in yeah. children or there. Children, I just yeah, or an animal. It was just so like I think just the idea of the idea but an animal could someone be setting is fucking with up. you is just so like that's someone. That's, that's the first the, thing that's I would the most think. plausible yeah. explanation. I would but think I'm, we're going around I'm town. Not even, I, some again, kids. I'm not even trying to say right. the explanation. I'm just saying that when the performance of it rang so right. false to me. That's right. sort of okay. what I'm trying to say. Sure, you could have talked me into it if they. But it didn't seem like they believed it. I, this is what I get to about the sequential progression of their sort of like realization and just like that stuff. That stuff worked for me because I didn't, I think like in a movie movie, people would be like, they would think right away like, oh, there's a ghost out to get us or something. Yeah. Like I, I think these people had a reasonable kind of like, what is the explanation? You know, we're starting to get freaked out, but really somebody probably falls. And they mentioned, he's like, have you ever seen uh Deliverance. Is that the one he said? Yeah. And, you know, he talked about the idea of outsiders coming into the woods and someone stalking them, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, that would be the thought I would have. And, you know, you mentioned you didn't go, the woods were never like kind of a foreboding place. Like yeah. when I was this age and younger, like in the, like when I was 18 and I saw this movie, we'd spent so much time at bush parties and going down the Bruce trail and like spending the night. And like, we'd hung out woods. We shot all of our skits in woods. Like yep. we did so much. So I was in woods with cameras like a lot. Mm-hmm. So like for me, this movie, like, and I, I'd have said this a bunch of times with the way they talked, like, you know, like Indian burial ground, one of my buddies would have said that like that. So for me, a lot of it was like, it reminded me a lot of being I mean, they're older in the middle. Were they supposed to be like 19, 20 or something? I don't know. If I think in their early 20s, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, a lot of that stuff did work. But I do get what you guys are saying. Like, you're like, ah, no one would like say that. Or I don't like the way they, they performed it. But yeah. it, it worked I'm for me. I'm not saying because, that. I'm, with, I'm totally with you. Because, yeah, I think yeah. kids are, kind of, not kids. I think people that age, like when I was, mm-hmm. are silly and dumb and like. But again, even silly, like, yes. Yeah, so, but it just, it's more, they, I just didn't believe it. I just, even sure. if, even if they're, that is a realistic person. I know people like that. And they're. In and out, but it just felt inconsistent might be a better way to put it. Mm-hmm. Where there were times when they were 
deep pocket. They were perfect. And then there were times when I'm like, I am, this is not really happening. And this is the, 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 the flaws of the cracks in this movie are so wide open. I can't pay attention to this movie. Well, one of those times for me was, okay, they go ballistic over the map. Mm-hmm. Like the map is when they're really like starting to crack. Josh goes missing. They accepted that pretty fucking quick. <laughs> oh yeah, he's gone. Like that's my map is the best character theory is back. Where like we have we care more about the map than Josh. But yeah, but I, did I, you yeah, guys think true. that was odd how quick they got over Josh? I would be terrified if I was out with you guys yeah. and just you went yes. missing. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like inconsolable. Is it is it because I think yeah. they shot the movie sequentially? Do you think that maybe the actors were themselves kind of burnt out at this point? You really don't want to give these actors credit. Uh, <laughs> Well, it was their fifth day in the or fourth day in, after the fourth night, I believe. Josh went missing. Yeah, mm-hmm. could it be fatigue? Again, maybe I'm giving them too much credit but trying to defend the performance. I feel like you keep trying to. Like, maybe it was fatigue. It's like, but I mean, I, I was. You're right. I was. I just felt like the disappearance of one of the three people should have been like a bomb went off. It should have been the biggest thing that happened. And yet, you're right. The map. <laughs> the, the map created like like. 35 minutes of, of that animosity. was still pretty early on though when they thought they could get out yeah but the map was largely useless which I, was I thought, Mikey's I guess, point I guess Heather believed in the map yeah she but did. still it didn't seem to fucking get them anywhere they still kind of had hope I feel like by the time Josh went missing yeah the map did represent hope yeah, yeah. and he thought they thought did he walk off is he pissed you know there was kind of but you know again I don't want to like reverse engineer or like justify every choice in the film yeah, like, I'm just feel, saying it like, feels like there are times when it just it just like, you're right. That Josh thing, 100%. It just didn't work. Mm-hmm. It just was so odd. The only reaction is one that she gets like a like a bag full of bloody teeth. And it's like, really? Like, him just not being here wasn't enough to get a reaction out of you? You had to get a bag of teeth to... Which was freaky. It was fucking freaky. Yeah, like, I think uh, finding was, him, at yeah. least you're like, oh, we know what happened. He's dead now. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's but some relief again, when you don't if know. That, if, that, yeah. if that, again, peels back to like, it feels like they had this plan of, oh, where's Josh? I mean, they're not supposed to know where he is. And then, and now, and now, okay, now you guys get scared when you can see the bag of teeth as opposed to the real human thing would have mm-hmm. been, where the fuck is Josh? Another thing that bothered me, the food situation. Yeah. I feel like... Did they? Uh, I don't think we ever saw them eat. Yeah, yeah. like how hungry are these people? This gets to your doc point, though. If you're editing the doc, are you going to put them in eating unless they of say course. something interesting? Of course. If, At if, least to see. if Because that's one of the big curious parts. It's not like they had an abundance of scenes. I want to know how, how they're staying alive. Ah, uh, interesting. Like okay. uh, the, the movie with James Franco, what was it, 127 hours? Yeah. That's a big part. Like, how is he sustaining life? How are these people sustaining life? And I also think when you're really starving, you don't want to talk about your favorite foods in great detail. Oh, mom's mashed potatoes. That's such a movie. That's such a. It's an interesting. That's an interesting psychological thing. I don't mind if people talk about it. I I personally would be like, shut the fuck up. I'm starving. I don't want to hear about mom's delicious potatoes. Yeah. And the guy's eating a leaf. Well, maybe he's trying to mentally think it's a leaf. You hear about that all the time. Sure. No, but that was that was later on. I was just like, how hungry are these people? So when are we going to get into how much I hated Heather? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like talk about it. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I thought she was horrible sure she won i looked this up as I, I just saw this before i came in here she uh won the golden raspberry for worst actress of the year of that year yeah the razzie the razzie yeah because and, and well deserved because that's she, fine those guys go on i know the razzies are a whole other thing i don't know if it's fun to, to but but i just mean it's sort of solidified i'm like okay so it's not just me i'm not just the only person who thought that like i was just deeply deeply annoyed by this character for a large swaths of this movie, again, as if this person was trying to annoy me. And like, I, I, well, I think I wrote down, uh, this woman screaming kills me. Oh my God, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? Like, if I had to listen to another large piece of this movie of this woman screaming into my headphones, I'm like, okay, I can't listen to this anymore. This is like unbearable. Sure. It's not entertaining, I guess. Sure. I, but again, I agree. Like I, I was super annoyed by Heather. The mm-hmm. screaming bothered me. I hated her as a character. <laughs> but <laughs> the, it, was, it was realistic because there's people like that in life. And I think the goal of this film was not for you to like Heather. It was for you to believe sure. that this annoying Success. person <laughs> w- did go through this tragedy. Right. Yeah, and I guess this is kind of what I mentioned off the top is it's like, don't let your dislike for a character or you're like, God, I hate that character. I don't want to spend time with that character. Uh, um, cloud the impressiveness of the performance or the realism right. of who the I character guess, is. Like this, almost like the Skylar and Breaking Bad syndrome. 
where sure. people didn't. I love. I thought she was incredible, and she did what she was, and she her role was perfect. I feel like it's it's. She was trying to be in this Heather character was trying to be annoying, and I don't think she was that great an actress. Right. And I didn't believe. I mean, and again, the parts where. The middle of the night, the, catat- the, the, the that catatonic part where she's like, kind of like, like freaking out, and she's realizing this is real, and the 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 camera in her face, which by the way was apparently like a mistake, like she didn't think it was that close to her face, like that's a lot of that that's the a great thing about this movie, how many like mistakes ended up becoming the best parts of the movie, and yeah. she well but, that's what they say about docs, the best yeah, part of a doc yes. wasn't purposely shot, yes, that like way. that became like the poster, right, and and no, and so there's parts where she. Where she did get, I'm not gonna. So I don't want to say something where she's the worst actress I've sure. ever seen in any movie ever. I'm just saying that she, if if my if the thing that killed this movie the most for me was I kept getting pulled out of it, and I kept every time this movie wor- was working so well that there would just be something that would just suck me right back out. I'm like, oh, I'm watching a stupid. Did movie. you see uh, Making a Murder? Oh yeah. So I think if we were, if that was like a faux doc, mm-hmm. we would say that the Brandon Dassey character was ridiculously too dumb. We would go, that's not a real character. That's like, sure. you know, we would go, but that's... I am, but I am watching. I guess you're right. I mean, you're... So so my thing is, it's like, for me, that Heather character is like, again, like, because I grew up with mm-hmm. people like that. I've been people like that. Like, she, she, I was like, that's... And I don't like her. I agree with you guys. Like, she was... she Watching her was kind of like an, an exercise in rolling my eyes. But that's how it was when I was in high school with those people. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, so to me, I... And again, that actress might just be playing herself. But for me, she says that she picked some director that, that she, she worked, worked with, with once on a short, and yeah. hate where the idea of super cocky and confident when things are going great and falls to pieces when things are going bad. And she meaning that I think that she picked up and she took all the bad qualities of someone and purposely was trying to be. So she didn't try to do any nuances towards being no. a well-rounded see, person. I think, no, see, it I disagree because off. even the, the foe, like when, when Mikey has a shirt off and she's making fun of the patchy chest hair, like she's trying to be light and kind of flirty the way that like a, a girl like that would be where it's like, you know, she's, contr- and she's like, oh, like Mikey's liking it now or the, sh- the way she'll talk to Josh. It's just like all of that stuff, uh, like I felt did round out, like that was her character trying to kind of connect with those guys not succeeding necessarily. Mm-hmm. They did not like her, but I felt like that stuff was like, oh yeah, like that's, I've seen people do that kind of thing. Do you think Mikey's chest hair was really like that? <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. I like, can we that, believe anything? I don't know I mean, what's I real. wonder if it's just that like they didn't plan it or script it. He just took his shirt off and they're like, look at this guy's freaky like, patchy chest hair. It did yeah. look gross. Yeah, that was, I've never seen anything like that. I hope he hears this podcast and starts crying. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he has access to a podcast. The, like when you guys like were shooting your like home movies and stuff, like wouldn't you joke about each other, you know, your friends' bodies oh, yeah. or like, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's what I was like. This is such an interesting, realistic conversation yeah. topic. Did he do this to create something fun? Like you're saying that everyone does with the camera. You're like, oh, someone's got a zit. And you zoom exactly. In. Like I was just wondering if he did that as part of, character like uh i now i'm just remembering something i read like years ago that they gave each person little notes or something to read to study for things their character would yeah do. like they would leave little milk crates and they would always have to go like it's like almost like a yeah they had uh, in the film cans they had notes yeah, and stuff something I, like yeah that. i guess like to i guess sort of round up my, my point about i guess acting or like that heather character in general is it's like the catatonic stuff or like the the apology that's like actors 101. That's like what you see people do on their demo reels on YouTube and all that shit. It's like, I see actors do that all the time. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot uh, harder to seem natural, especially in a doc thing where you're- Incredibly hard. It's the one yeah. of the, that's what I mean. That's it's why I so think Josh wins. Yeah. Hey, yeah. You, you got me, man. You don't have to rub it in my face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, guys, do we have anything else? Uh, any more uh, reasons to kick it off? Indeed. I would like to talk about this ending that you, apparently was oh, right. to you yeah. was the greatest thing you've ever seen, where to me, I wrote down, that ending in the house was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> did your wife help you out with that? Yeah, the, the, the ennui in the house. No. <laughs> uh why it though? didn't work for me really at all when they got in the house and the little handprints and the, i i, I, I like, didn't like the handprints the I'll say that. it all just felt we needed some way to wrap this up and it didn't it just felt it just was so weird i didn't i really didn't love the paranormal aspects the paranormal story background of this movie i feel like if this movie was actually just about three people making a documentary who get lost in like a fucked up woods. Like the idea of walking for 18 hours in one direction and ending back at the same place. That's so much scarier than a weirdo house with little baby handprints on the wall. 
I think there was something paranormal and witchy about that, though. But yes, that's what I mean. Instead of like, ah, Blair Witch, I wish that I wish it was just like a haunted woods. That's why they're doing the dock. I know. I I I agree. I'm saying I don't. I felt like it just sort of petered out. We have to get in the house. The whole getting like, oh, what is this house? And we're running around. Uh, uh, and but you felt like if it just cut to black while they were still in the tent, it would have been better. I don't know. About, better. I don't know. I don't have. I'm not going to rewrite the ending of the movie. But right. I, but I don't. I, I I think that it it felt like. Well, I, I was all into it. And I'm like, they arrive at this house. So I was like, what this house? Is a house now? And then they run through the house for five minutes, and then he's in the corner, and it ends. And I just, it didn't. I, 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 compl- I have the exact opposite feeling of what I remember, and I remember feeling that way when I was in the theater too. Well, he's in the corner, and she gets bludgeoned. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I remember feeling that when I saw him in the theater, like, really? This is the ending of this movie. I went through this. I went through all this to have. It just didn't hit me. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just a, a, maybe it's just a feeling thing, but I just, it didn't hit me at all. It felt like yeah. nothing, nothing to me. Got yeah, I thought they, for a movie that really shows you nothing throughout mm-hmm. beyond a handful of bloody Which teeth. I loved, though. That was the actual, that's what got me. It's still, to me, it still didn't show you dick all. Guys in the corner, everything else is theater yeah, of the mind. It sticks house, with though. that. It's the house, like, it does that. It's the house. I guess it's more, the, not the corner move, but the house itself. And the hand, when I saw those handprints, that checked that check me right I did out like the, the handprints. I, I agree. The handprints were like, oh, this reeks of like some guy setting yeah. up a set. Yeah, it's <laughs> like a haunted house. House, like yeah. uh, how would we decorate it yeah but trying to do like the mythology of the Blair Witch is so much more like I don't care like it's just like I, the, the story you're telling is more important than the grander mythology that I'm sure you guys worked out in grand detail man yeah I you know I think that the mythology obviously like informs why these college kids would make the doc like mm-hmm. I and I, I'm just really impressed with like a movie like this hadn't existed before and they sort of built this sort of plot front to back like with this mythology the with the motivation thing about the movie yeah that, that uh, the I, I said that right from the beginning and i'll say it again the taking a huge swing like trying to hit a grand like i'd rather you do that than try to hit a ground rule double like i'd rather like i'd rather you mm-hmm. do do a big thing go for it yeah and i will never be like like how dare they they should have just made a nice little movie about like they, they like I, I love that they went for it so i will not fault them for that mm-hmm. i just didn't totally work <laughs> regardless of how big a swing they took for me is it time for the verdict it's time for the verdict cool i'm gonna go first go for it uh so uh again like i've said throughout this last hour i was more impressed with this movie than i thought it was going to be i have not seen it in 17 years or something like that uh i was really impressed with you know like john said they took a big swing and a lot of people take big swings and a lot of times like the prototype or like the uh, pioneer of any kind of genre is like not very good or not kind of flawed to me for like the found footage film uh sort of genre i think this thing is like um the absolute uh sort of genesis of that in a good way meaning i don't think there's a lot of flaws with this film for what they wanted to accomplish for what they tried to i know it's like 80 hours of footage that they cut down to an hour and 20 minutes or whatever to me it is a tight hour and 20 minutes a little bit of waning in sort of the back end like after you know it's progressive uh, but to me, uh, I thought this was a rock solid film and because it is the beginning of a whole genre, uh, for me, uh, that reason, it definitely uh, stays on the pedestal. And I didn't think it would, I might add, I thought I would laugh at it. So I, again, I saw it when I was 16, thought it was pure garbage. Saw it again. I was actually ready to, I thought it was going to be a, a round table of everyone. Like this is one of the, so boring, nothing happens. And I was ready to actually take the things I liked about it and defend it a lot more but I, but with the ultimate thing of it's, I, I, it's like, like I said earlier, the streaky shooter, it's like J.R. This is a, the J.R. Smith of movies to me where when it gets on the hot streak, it's great. But I mean, I'm not going to induct J.R. Smith into the hall of fame. Like it's, he's fine. It's a good movie, but I would, I would, I, I, I would not keep it on the pedestal. I would say it's a good, I, it's a, it's worthy to, to know about this movie and the swing that they tried to take. But I felt like it, it does not really hold up all that well for me still to this day but it still it holds up better than i remember it there are definitely pieces so it is better than i remember but not better enough and for all you uh movie nerds listening jr smith is an nba basketball player. <laughs> all right <laughs> keep keeping it on the pedestal is jr smith with his shirt off at the championship <laughs> so off for you championship parade <laughs> off the pedestal for john yeah well, I guess I'm going to be the tiebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> what a twist! 
So, How compelling and rich. You know, when we kind of started this pod, I was telling some people, and they're like, oh, that's like rewatchables. You know, some people would say that. And uh, maybe, maybe it did inspire it, this podcast. But this one, uh, this film choice, kind of, and watching it, brought up an interesting point that I brought up earlier, which is this might be one of the least rewatchable movies I've ever seen in the sense that I don't think I've ever heard anyone say, I'm watching the Blair Witch Project tonight. Or, <laughs> hey, why don't we toss on the Blair Witch Project and have a free drink? Very you true. Know, no one's ever said that. Yet, this movie, I, th- I think I would show it to my kids when they were like 11 or 12 and freak the fuck out of them and tell them this was real. And I think <laughs> <laughs> I like that move. <laughs> and, and I think it's good enough to actually do that. And I do think, like Mike was saying, this is the first of its kind and it's done extremely well. And I think it's done better than the, its predecessors. So I do think that this belongs on the pedestal. But I never want to see this fucking movie again. <laughs> well, and Heather is annoying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we all agree Heather is obnoxious and annoying. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So kind of surprise ending that it. Yeah, I thought it, I really thought it was going to be the Gar- three same. of us slagging on this thing. And I was going to have to keep it on the pedestal, vote for it, keep it on the pedestal just so it's not three for three. No, I'm act- I am shocked. <laughs> I, th- I thought I was going to hate give it, it. A pity vote. It says something about it that none of us have watched it in the interim yeah. in 17 years until yeah. this moment. And, uh, and I was ready. It's hard to find. That's I know. another thing. I had it's, to not rent a, it. it's not a simple. It's not just ubiquitous. I had to rent it online on uh, simplexodeon.com. Yeah. I didn't even know they had a rental service until and it was they online. They made a sequel to it. it, and they just made another one. Like, it's, it's clearly out. It's, but, but you got it from an actual video store. Yeah, Queen Video. I love And I had video. to borrow it off you. That's right. <laughs> and I don't have a DVD player. Which kind of speaks to how unrewatchable this movie is, because it's, it's not, not rentable. sought out. Like, no one's, like, dying. Of, like, like Whoever owns it, though, might have pulled it. Because you know the new one from 2016 is actually called Blair Witch. Yes. Like mm-hmm. so, it gets very confusing. It was actually hard to even search. Right. Um, well, the word project. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Well, because you know what's funny? Is Ooh. It, it through time, I just started calling it the Blair Witch. I would never yeah, add the project. I think I agreed until I couldn't get it online. I'm like, oh, the Blair Witch Project. Mm-hmm. I think this movie also benefits from. Uh, we talk about this a lot, like the the weight of expectations, because I, I mm-hmm. expected to go in and kill it I was pleasantly like shit this is a good movie I was same thing I was ready to go in like I was dreading rewatching this I yeah. was like oh god I gotta actually like I know I voted I, I was the one who said let's go watch it and then I'm like wait what did I get myself into I gotta watch that stupid movie again and so when I so when it was like surprising me I was I was definitely digging it in parts just yeah man. so there you go three for three on the pedestal we gotta find something that doesn't but it's interesting it. that all three movies we're like two to one, but one, each one of us have been a no on the three different movies. Yeah. Was I no on Dumb and Dumber? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you were the no on Star Trek Four, and I apparently in the no on the Blair Witch Project. You, you, I thought you changed your answer in Star Trek Four. I no, think we I, kept it on. I said I understood, but I kept it on the pedestal. I got to listen to our own podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> I'm a fan. <laughs> These so. days are blowing by, man. I'm All a right. Subscriber. All right. <laughs> pedestal out. <laughs>